up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name is Andrew Bolton. With me again this season, we have Pastor Robbie Gowdy and his wonderful wife, better half, Candy. Candice. First, first lady. Candice first Ross Gallant. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, Pastor, today we are getting into why we should read the Gospel of Matthew. Mm, why? Why should we read the Gospel? I was about to ask Candy. Candy, what do you think? Well, I would just say because it's Scripture. Okay, that's pretty much that, it. Yeah, that's it. All right, guys, over. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an easy <laughs> explanation. Well, no, it is Scripture, yes, but there's something we're going to learn from Matthew. And when we read Matthew with a keen eye of awareness of what he's trying to do, it really brings it to life, okay? Okay. I said this before, every one of the gospel writers have a purpose and a theme. Right. They're trying to prove something. And an audience. And an audience, yeah. If I'm trying to prove that Candy Gality is the prettiest woman on the planet. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to do that? Well, that, that, but that, well, I'm not going to do that now. I believe it. But if I was going to do that now, I'd give evidence for that. I would show she has, you know, uh, beautiful hair and she's got eyelashes and she's got, the, <laughs> she's got nice eyelashes. Okay. Anyway, the point is that would be my purpose <laughs> to prove that. Okay. Okay. okay gotcha. Now, Matthew's not proving Candy's. Who the would your audience be? Yeah, yeah. My audience. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who my audience would be your with boys. that. But my boys. Yeah. But Matthew is actually going to prove three things or try to set out to prove three things, okay? okay? And I'm going to try to walk you through them, okay? If you're taking notes, and there are obviously show notes here, courtesy of Robert Hutchison, who is our on-staff behind-the-scenes mm. um, commentator and uh, uh, furiously typing right now notes yes. for us. Um, I see but, those fingers, Robert. Yeah, you see those fingers. Okay, there are actually three themes in Matthew. The first one is this. He is trying to, and he's trying to prove some things. You got to remember, this audience of Jewish men and women are very right. skeptical mm -hmm. of this Messiah. Now you have to remember too, there were many Messiahs. We said this before: right. twelve Messiahs, ten to twelve, who came a hundred years before Jesus or a hundred years after Jesus. Okay, and these Messiahs would rise up, claim to be the the, and, and Messiah was a person. Let me just define it: the Messiah was a person who was going to be used by God as an anointed man. A Messiah, Mashiach is anointed, set apart, anointed to bring peace and shalom to the nation of Israel. Okay. Okay. Now, they believed it was going to happen. That was the end goal, peace and shalom. They believed it was going to happen through military uh, prowess or, or, or conquering of nations. Right. Okay. Jesus is showing them it's not going to be through the killing of people. It's actually going to be through my own death. Wow. And through my death as a substitutionary sacrifice, I'll give freedom and shalom to all, not just temporarily, for eternity, okay? So he's trying to prove right out the gate that Jesus is the Messiah as the son of David or David. Right, okay? so when you say son of, does that mean lineage of David? Son of, yeah, bar David, mm -hmm. which would be son of David. Is not just the the the, the genealogical son, okay. the biological son, right? But it's through the lineage, right? Right, the lineage of David. So he he doesn't have to come right after like Solomon, but he can come further down, which makes sense. Why? Because Matthew begins his gospel with what? Genealogy. A genealogy, right? Why in the world would he begin his gospel with a genealogy? Okay, so remind me, does Jesus is Jesus in the genealogy of David from Mary? Mm. Or from Joseph? That's a good question. We're going to get to that, but I okay, will say, great. so let me just give you the, the, the cliff notes. Matthew's genealogy mm -hmm. is the genealogy of Joseph. Okay. Matthew's gospel 
is writing from the perspective of Joseph. Okay. Luke's gospel is the genealogy chapter three of Mary. Right. Luke's first two chapters are from the perspective of Mary. Right. Well, how do I know that? Because remember at two occasions in chapter two, Mary saw these things and treasured, treasured them, them in her heart. Mm-hmm. How does Luke know that? You, know, you have a conversation. He has to ask, he, right. he hears that from Mary. Mary's like, well, I knew this when he was 12 years old. I knew something right. was up and I treasured that in my heart. So Luke and Matthew, two genealogies, two different purposes. We'll get to Luke later on. But Matthew right. is proving Jesus is the son of David. Now, why is that important for the nation of Israel? What was David? Uh, David was... King, he was king. seen as a Messiah figure. He was a Messiah-like figure, but he was king. Mm-hmm. David was a king. He was the long-awaited king that the people wanted. They, they right. wanted the king. They got Saul. Saul was corrupt. So they got King David. They loved David. David was, a, David was a man after God's own heart. And David, in a sense, was over the kingdom of God. Mm. Another way to say it is David was over the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Okay? The kingdom of God, kingdom of, the people of God. What is Jesus's number one message that he's going to preach throughout his entire gospel? He starts with it. He talks about it all throughout his gospel. What does he say? The kingdom of heaven, heaven. is what? Is near. Is it at hand? Is at hand or near. Okay. So Jesus is going to come. Now, we see that in the genealogy, and we'll get to that shortly. The second message Matthew is trying to teach and preach about is what? Mm. That Jesus is the Messiah. That God is with us. Okay. Mm. Okay. God is with us. I'm pretty sure we talked about the three shots across the bow. Right. Remember this? We talked about 591 BC with Ezekiel and uh, God's presence leaves the people. Didn't we talk about this? I'm pretty sure we talked about this. Yes. Okay. I I don't know what I talk about when. The presence of God leaves 591 BC with Ezekiel. 586 BC, the what? Captivity. Well, the, the place that God resides, the ark is removed, Jeremiah 3.15. No more. You'll never talk about it, see it, mention its name. Then you get to 400 B.C., Malachi, God's prophetic voice is gone. So the presence, the place, and the prophetic voice of God is gone mm-hmm. for 400 years. Yeah. Now, put yourself in their shoes, okay? Candy, you're a, a Jewish woman, uh, and I'm not talking about like 10, 20 years. You got to realize, just in context— that America has only been around for what, 250 years? Is that right, Robert? Does it? No. But roughly 250 years from what? Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. So, yeah, yeah, look, Andrew. Yeah, that's right. Okay, my math is not the best. 250 years, roughly. So we're talking generations. We're talking almost double that. Wow. We're talking about double the time. Yeah. And really double with the presence in the place. So you're talking about twice the, long, the amount of time that America has been a nation. Mm-hmm. The Jewish people have not heard prophetically from wow. God. So eventually, what do you start thinking, Candy? You're a Jewish mom and you have some boys who want to serve the Lord. They're, they're zealous for the things of God, but they haven't heard anything wow. from God. What are you starting to think? Is yeah. this real? Is this real? What else are you asking? Where are you? Where are you? Mm-hmm. Do you even hear my prayer? Mm-hmm. Are you even there? Do, are you even real? So it was very commonplace for people to start questioning God. Right. Okay. And so one of the themes of Matthew that he's going to prove right out the gate is that not only is God not gone, but God is with us. He's always been with us. 
God's, let me say it this way, God's silence, here's a good reminder for those listening, because you may be saying, where's God? I don't see, I don't see God, I don't hear God. God's silence does not equate to God's absence. Right. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent. Sometimes silence speaks louder than presence. Oh, for sure. Right, because you learn more about yeah. your dependence. And, yeah, when, and Jenny, when Jenny gives me the silent treatment, I'm like, whoa, what is going That's on? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. What do I silent? need to learn is what you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, silence speaks louder than, than words sometimes. Right. Have you gotten the silent treatment lately, full confession? Yeah. I'm, okay, pff, yeah. I, I get it sometimes, too. Well, what for? Can like you haven't had it. <laughs> no, no, we're done, Andrew. <laughs> I would say the last time he. Well, I don't even think I gave you the silent. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Okay. So what happened was. Yeah, we're not talking about that right now. Okay. okay. Moving on. So, <laughs> we're not talking about that right now. This is not a counseling show, Andrew. <laughs> Although it could be at times, but okay. Doctor Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Bolton. Um, <laughs> a man. What he's trying to show is that God is with us. So, Candy, turn in your Bible app. Hmm. You had to make that Source point, subject, huh? But, yeah, I'm trying to get Candy to use an actual textual. No, Bible the text can, is here, honey. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to get Candy to pick up a Bible, but okay, Candy. Candy, I appreciate the Bible that's yeah. in your hand as and how quickly you can get there. Exactly, the, that's the, the as point. the digital the pastor, you affirm this. Okay, I affirm this. Candy, go to uh, Matthew chapter one, right out the gate. Right out the gate, he finishes the genealogy. Uh, Joseph is approached by the angel, and watch this, verse 22. I want you to read verse 22 and following. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Okay, so here's the angel speaking to Joseph. He has this dream. Mary, you need to marry Mary. Um, the, The child is mine. And then he reminds him of the prophecy that was given 600 years before by the prophet Jeremiah, which says what? I mean, the prophet Isaiah 7-4 says, see, you'll become pregnant, give birth to a son as a virgin, and they will call this man, his your son, his name will be what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel, with, which means God uh, with us. So mm-hmm. the Bible begins, or the book of Matthew begins with the words, God is with us. Go to the end of Matthew, Matthew 28. Surprisingly, watch this. Matthew ends his gospel with the exact same words, in a sense. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, one of our favorite passages for discipleship, mm-hmm. okay? Read verse um, 18. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, what is he saying at the last line? Remember, don't forget this. I am with you always to the end of the age. What is Jesus saying? God, I am with you. Mm -hmm. So here's what's cool about Matthew. To a people, again, plays into my idea that I think the Bible was written first to the Jews. And I believe it was the first gospel written. I also believe it was in Hebrew. And by the way, Eusebius, early church father, believed, he was the first one who believed and said that the Bible was originally written in Hebrew. And he was like one century removed from, um, he actually wrote this in the first century. But the idea is this, God is telling the people, you thought I was gone, but actually I'm here. And he's going to bookend the ministry of Jesus with, I'm with you in the beginning, I'm with you at the end. Now, the third theme, and this is the big one, this is the one you can camp out on and uh, pack a lunch, because it's all through Matthew. Jesus is the new what? Moses. Moses. 
okay? Now, what you're gonna find when you read the Gospel of Matthew, all Gospels but Matthew, Jesus is always in the business of trying to create a setting, an environment, where he wants to create deja vu moments to the Old Testament. Mm. Deja vu is probably strong. Well, things Uh, that we don't pick up on, he says it, this culture would pick up on that. Oh, he's referring to. They would understand, yeah. Yes, because they knew the Old Testament well. Well. In fact, that was the only Testament, remember? Imagine if the only Testament we have is the Old Testament. Their life was devoted to memorizing this book. Yes. Yes, memorizing the book, understanding the book. They celebrated the festivals. They heard the Bible taught. So Moses was their Messiah. Right. Okay, you got to remember that. Messiah in the sense of very similar to Jesus. Moses is going to go to Pharaoh, who is is enslaved the people of God for years in bondage. Jesus is going to go and free the people, not from not not from the slavery of bondage of, of Pharaoh, but the slavery of sin from Satan. Mm-hmm. And he's going to set them free. Moses is going to lead the people to the promised land. Jesus is going to carry us ultimately to eternity in heaven. And so you see this Messiah-like figure in Moses and in Jesus, they parallel one another. Now, in order to prove that, Matthew is going to walk us through one account after another that parallels to the Torah, okay? Okay. Let me give you a couple of them. Just like Moses fed the children in the wilderness with manna, mm-hmm. right? Jesus is gonna what? Feed the people on the hillside. Yeah. On a hillside with manna. Right. Just like Moses walked through water, or in a sense walked mm-hmm. on water by wow. crossing the Red Sea, yeah. Jesus is gonna walk on water. Just like Moses uh, came out of Egypt, to go back back to the promised land. Jesus, as a young boy in Matthew, is going to go to Egypt, and out of Egypt, he's going to come back when he when he fled from Herod to Israel again. So you see these parallels right. over and over and over, okay? The second thing you see from Moses is this. Matthew is going to outline the entire gospel around the five books of Moses. Did you know this? Mm. The fuck? Thank you. Thanks for the honesty there. I did, yeah. I, I try to be pretty honest on, yeah. you know, with my pastor. Yeah, I thought I taught you this, though. I thought you were going to well, say Well, you... Yes. Well, okay, yeah. You the teach f- me a lot of things. As you, you, yeah. Okay. I'm sure it'll refresh his refresh memory as memory. you talk yeah, about it. We talked about this before, but it's going to be fresh right now to you. Okay. Fresh manna. Yeah, fresh manna from Moses. Okay. Moses writes how many books of the Old Testament, we believe? How many books of the Old Testament does Moses pen? Five. Five books of the Old Testament. You were doing this. Yeah, fine, yeah. Okay, can you name them, Candy? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And name them in English. (laughs) I did. I just said them really fast. I speak in Hebrew. I do know that Deuteronomy was the weightiest one. Ooh, look at you, dude. Look at you. Yeah. Genesis. Exodus. Leviticus. Numbers and Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Okay. Yeah. So the five books of Moses. Now, I want to show you this outline and we'll give you the download, but I'll just show it to you. Moses acts, I mean, Moses, Matthew actually organizes his gospel around the five teachings of Jesus and then everything else kind of fills in between that. So the bones of his gospel Mm -hmm. are structured around five major teachings of Jesus, okay? You have an intro section, you have an outro section, and five teachings. Now, that total number with the intro and outro makes for the number what? Seven, 
which we'll get to next week as we talk about gematria in the genealogy of Matthew. Mm -hmm. Matthew writes this genealogy based around the number seven. In fact, everything Matthew does is around the number seven, which shows us he's a good Jewish boy Mm -hmm. who knows the culture, right? Okay, so you have these uh, five teachings of Jesus, five books of Moses. Let me give them to you. The first is the intro section, which I said, God is with us. This is God finally came to earth. He came through a a miraculous birth. He has an older cousin who is going to prepare the way for him. He's going to be baptized. He's going to go into the wilderness, come out of the wilderness, and he's going to pass the test. And then chapter four ends this section of the preliminary, one through four. The first major discourse of Jesus, the first major teaching is what? Do you know? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, okay? The Sermon on the Mount is the first teaching of Jesus, okay? Five, six, and seven. And it's going to parallel the book of Genesis. You have the first book, the first teaching, okay? Then you have the middle section, and then you get to the second teaching of Jesus. So eight and nine is kind of a, you know, filler, not filler, but section in the middle. Jesus is encountering people. He's teaching. He's healing. But the second major teaching of Jesus, the second pillar, is in Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus is going to commission the disciples to go out into Israel with the message. Go out, don't take a money bag, preach the gospel. If they don't accept it, move on. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the second teaching. The third major teaching is Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus' entire ministry shifts. In Matthew chapter 12, they accuse him of the unpardonable sin, or Jesus accused them of the unpardonable sin. They say, you're healing people by the devil, Beelzebub. And at that moment, Jesus is made, that's the landmark moment in your Bible. If you take a Bible, the line of demarcation mm-hmm. is between Matthew 12, we'll get to this eventually, and Matthew 13, where Jesus actually starts to preach in parables. Mm-hmm. And he tells us, the reason I'm preaching in parables is why, Candy? Because they won't hear, they won't understand. Yes, they, hear, they, they listen but don't hear. They have eyes but they don't see. see. They don't understand, okay? So, but what he's saying is, I'm doing this to them to disclose the secrets of the kingdom, Mm. okay? So that's Matthew 13. Then you have healings and traveling, and then you get to the fourth major teaching, which is Matthew 18, which is Jesus teaching us how to live when he's gone. Mm. Okay. It's going to be difficult. There'll be tribulation. There'll be trials. There'll be different things. But you need to understand how how you're going to live. And then you have the final major teaching of Matthew, which is the Olivet Discourse, Mm. which he teaches in Matthew 24 through 25. And this is his last major teaching. And then after this, Jesus goes to the cross and it's done. And then you have the ending section. Now watch this. Those five teachings mirror the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy to show that Jesus is the new Moses for the people. Okay, so can I ask a question? Okay. That last teaching of his, what did you call it? The Olivet Discourse? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the Olivet Discourse. Okay, so is that the weightiest teaching that he had, just like Deuteronomy was the weightiest book of Mm, those five? That's good. That's a good question. Andrew's saying, okay, so uh, we may have covered this, but just We covered it seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just to recap what he's saying. This is an interesting way to look at scripture, and and we in in Western culture we don't understand this. We look at all scripture differently, which we should. It's it's the same. It's the Word of God. It's got you know it's all important. However, the Jewish people would look at certain. Well, I would say even New Testament Christians we don't look at scripture the same 
because some of us view the words of Paul above Jesus. Mm. I mean, honestly, some of us have a theology of Paul over Jesus where we would take Paul's view of sanctification and salvation even over Jesus's. But, mm. so but, but the Jewish culture actually... They didn't say, they didn't rank scripture as better than other scripture, right. but they did rank it in form, in the form of weightiness or in the form of impact on a person's life. Okay. Or wait, I would say weightiness, not worthiness, but weightiness. It has more weight in a person's life. Mm-hmm. So out of the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, first section, the T of the Tanakh. The N is the Nevi'im, the prophets, which would have been Joshua, 1st, 2nd Kings, Samuel, all the way through the prophets. And then the final section would have been the writings, Writings. the Tanakh, T-A-N, Nevi'im, prophets, K, Ketavim, writings, confusing, I know. The last section would have been Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Daniel, Ezra, all through that. They would have actually rated the writings, the Psalms, the Proverbs, as the The least least weightiest, Mm -hmm. okay? The second weightiest portion of scripture would have been the what? The prophets. The prophets. So it would have been weighty, but not as weighty as... As the Torah. The Torah. The Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and the word Torah doesn't mean law only, although it does. It means way or what? What's another word for it? Direction. Yes, that's it. Really, you, dude. That's exactly. What? That's exactly where I was thinking. Wow, you're on it. This guy's on it. Today. Listen, oh I have no idea how I got that. Yeah, that was not given to you by flesh and blood. That was given to you by my Father in heaven. There you go. <laughs> About that. That's what Jesus would say to you. Okay, so you actually, so out of the Torah, which is the weightiest, mm-hmm. there are actually books of the Torah that are more weighty than others. Okay, so out of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, what book of that is the weightiest? Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. How do you know that? Because you've told me that before. Okay, that's exactly right. No. Because it's quoted more in the New Testament. Okay, Deuteronomy, listen to this, is the most quoted book of the New Testament, most quoted book of Jesus's life. Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy more than any other book in the Bible. Okay. How many times does he quote it? Do you know? I don't know, but just think about it. He, he rebukes the devil in the garden with Deuteronomy. Right. Jesus is going to quote Deuteronomy from the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, he does, he's from Deuteronomy. Second quoted book is Isaiah, third is Psalms, okay? which, which, which is, the, which is the, the Torah, the prophets, and the, uh, the writings, which is interesting. Jesus quotes from each of those books, one of those books more than, okay. Out of Deuteronomy, there actually is a section of scripture that's weightier than, than all in Deuteronomy. Do you know what it is? There's a chapter. Ooh, I do not. I'm going to go seven. Close. Six. Seven would have been a good number because seven is the number of completion. completion. Right. It's the number six, chapter six, oh. Deuteronomy six, which is the Shema, Shema Israel, Adonai Elohenu, Adonai Akkad, Ve'ahavta, Adonai Eloeka, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. But there's actually a section of Deuteronomy six that's weightier than all. Yes. You know, yes. <laughs> love the Lord your God. Hero uh, Israel, love the Lord your God. Okay. Everything flows in the Jewish mind from that. Love for God changes everything. And we say that this way when your vertical relationship is out of whack or out of line, all the horizontal relationships are affected. Yeah, I can so when that. a couple comes and says, Hey, we got marital problems, the first mm-hmm. question is, Tell me about your relationship with God. Yeah. 
and you say, well, I'm not here for my relationship with God. I'm here for my relationship. Yeah. And you got to fix this wife of mine. She just keeps <laughs> it. And, and, and then you say, no, no, yeah. tell me how your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Are you living in unconfessed sin? Yeah. Mm. Are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? And if not, it's because you don't love the Lord your God with all your heart, yeah. soul, mind. So, so they believed it flowed from that. So yeah. th- that makes perfect sense. But the question is, is the Olivet Discourse weightier than others? I would say at first glance, no. Because I would say the weightiest teaching in all of Matthew is what? Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. Which actually, if you go to Israel with us, is not actually a mount. It's actually a hillside, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's semantics. I get it. Yeah. But next time, here's what we're going to do. Next time, we're going to talk about the number seven okay. in Matthew. Okay. We're going to talk about the genealogy right out the gate. Why does So if Matthew is trying to highlight Moses, who's so important, right. why does he leave Moses out of the genealogy and focus on Abraham and David. Okay, can I give you a burning question that I have that I want to talk about on the next episode? Okay. Okay, so we're saying Jesus is of the lineage of David, right? who is in Joseph's lineage, who is not Jesus' biological father. Mm -hmm. Therefore, how is he from the lineage of David? Don't give me an answer. I want to talk about it next time. That's a good question. That's a great question. Okay. Well, hey, we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave a comment, leave a review. Also connect with us on social media, The Forgotten Jesus on Instagram. We'd love to chat with you there. Great place to submit questions. And we hope you guys are enjoying enjoying season three on YouTube. This has been fun. Yes. Yes. So be sure to like and subscribe. Love you guys. And we'll see you on the next episode.